the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to giving you to retirement. Got an email, and I do like the email strategy questions. I hate the email stock questions. Let me explain quickly why. Email strategy questions, I can see that you've put some thought into it, that you're not looking just for a tip to get rich. And the difference between a stock tip and a strategy question is I feel like you're just being lazy. It's not that hard to find stocks. It's not that hard to pick one. I think you should have a system other than drop an email to someone and say, do you like my stock or can you give me a stock you like? I don't think that fits into your strategy. Um, I can give you a lithium stock that I like very much. I can give you an electric vehicle stock that I like very much. But what happens if you only have electric vehicle stocks? And suddenly I'm like, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. EVs crashed and uh, Lord knows, uh, I, I would have probably told you some, something diversified. Starting questions are great. Here's a good one. Um, and I don't want to read too much into it. I've already broken down the email. But at one point in time, he goes, I have a 2.75% 30-year mortgage. The reason I put the extra $500 towards principal was after I refied last year. That is what I saved on the old payment. Instead of starting to pay back over 30 years again, I used the same timeline of 25 years. If I kept paying what my old payment was, it would be paid off after 25 years. I see what you're saying about the extra 500 will grow fast in the stock market. So at one point in time, he asked me, Shay, since I refied, I, I, I have an extra $500. My old payment was uh, 3,000, that's 2,500. And I said, I, I would never ever prepay mortgage, it's 2.75%. It's too freaking amazing. You'll regret any prepayment after three, four, five years. I like the idea that he's thinking prepayment versus invest now that I pointed out to him. Um, if he's so insecure that he's like, oh, if I've got money in the stock market, I'm going to go get a crack pipe and do marijuana. Then yeah, prepayment mortgage is a good idea. If you're that upset about having something liquid or cash around, I get it though. It's probably one of the very first things our parents teach us is prepaying a mortgage because the word mortgage has the word death in it, mort. It's French for death, mort, M-O-R-T, mortuary, right? 11 reasons to carry a long mortgage. Um, but number one, no matter what has to be, you have to be comfortable with it. A mortgage is a serious financial obligation. Someone's giving you $600,000, $700,000. You have to have a job for a while. Your mortgage will never, ever affect your home's value. That's worthy of note. 
that's one area where people need to unhinge a little bit and go, okay, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. Homes can go up or down in value, whether it's paid off or not. One neighbor lived next to his brother. His brother had a home that was paid off. His brother had nothing in the stock market because his home was paid off. The other brother took 30 years to pay off his mortgage, but also used extra time, that extra time to put money in the market. One accelerates to save interest. The other accelerates to put money into the retirement plan. I'd rather have the retirement plan. In the end, let's say I'm like 60 and I lose my job. But two years before I'm about ready to retire, I'd rather have money in the stock market than in the house. I don't mind if the bank comes and takes the house. That'd be horrible. I could sell it in theory. So a lot of the fears that people associate with mortgages are wrong. A mortgage won't stop you from building equity in the house. One of the main reasons you buy a home is to pay yourself rent versus paying a landlord. Let's say you buy a house for $300,000 and you get a $250,000 30-year mortgage and $50,000 goes into a down payment. If you make extra payments each month, your loan balance will be paid off in 20 years. Um, I get it. I get the whole mathematics of saving money, um, saving interest. But the money that you put in the stock market, if the stock market averages 7 to 8%, in some years, it's much, much higher than that. And your home historically averages 4% growth. I know you're going to look at last year and say, well, last year wasn't 4%. Well, last year, the stock market still beat the housing markets. Very rarely is there a year where your home is going to beat the stock market. So do you think it's prepaid? It's just going to underperform for you. The amount of money that you put prepaying, if you were to put it in the stock market, you could buy a whole second house. It's really crazy. Mortgage is cheap money. If there's anything that we've learned about the Federal Reserve and keeping low interest rates, low interest rates are, are cheap money. That's what you need to like put the, the two and two together. You can say low interest rates are a sign of a weak economy. Yes, that's true. And a weak economy, we try to stimulate our way out of it with cheap money. Your mortgage interest is tax deductible. And your mortgage interest is tax favorable. So when you have an investment, you're you're starting to play with capital gains, which is a tax of 20%. But when you have a mortgage interest rate that you pay off at say four or 5%, your tax savings kicks in. You're talking about two or three percentage points different but the tax savings because of being in a tax bracket savings versus a capital gains, it's, it's raunchy difference. You're probably in a tax bracket of 33% versus a capital gains bracket of 20%. Here's something that we never ever talk about or even put into perspective. Mortgage payments get easier over time. When I bought a home 12 years ago, I, I didn't stretch to qualify, but it was pretty close. So what happens when you buy like a you know million dollar home, you're like, you got to have income to prove it. Two and a half times your, your, the value of the home, you're, you're in that area. 
of what you're going to need. So if your annual income is a million dollars, like you might be able to service two and a half million dollar home. It gets kind of nutty. Now with low interest rates, you can afford a lot more home. But mortgage payments get easier over time. And what does that mean? 12 years ago when I bought a house, like I said, we, we stretched to get in. We bought as much as we could. And then two years later, well, I got a raise a couple of times. Stock market was kind. Two years after that, I got a raise. Stock market was kind, but my payment always stayed the same. Two years after that, I got a raise and stock did well. Like, I don't get the fascination with, with making bad financial decisions just because you want to be safe. I took out a home equity line of credit against one of my homes to buy another home. So it, it allowed me to sell $300,000. I take out a home equity line of 300,000. I put it on a second home. So I sold my first home, 300,000 of it, even though it was worth a million. So I can go buy a second home. So it allows you to sell without selling. That's what I look at home equity lines of credit as. You can raise money from stuff you've prepaid on something that you carry a mortgage on. So those are some of the reasons. Um, also, I'd rather pay myself. Okay, so prepaying the interest is, is lovely, but it's not very liquid. Money in your home loses to inflation every year, and money in your home is difficult to get to in an emergency. If you put it in the stock market, you can sell it on a, on a flash. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I used to do a show many, many, many years ago. At one point in time, it was simply called Tech Talk. Stock Talk with Rob Black. And inside of Stock Talk, I do Tech Talk. And I talk about tech stocks. Or you talk about technologies. I've been at this long enough that we were talking about whatever the heck was before 3G. We are talking about 3G coming out. And it's like, whoa. And the promises of 3G never lived up to the potential. Or the hype. Or the hype never lived up to the potential. Like, it, it just, you go to a show like a CES in Vegas, Consumer Electronics Show, and you see the CEO of Samsung show you, like, look at our smartphones and look at them on the platform we have now and look at them on 3G. And on 3G, we'll have robots and we'll have self-driving cars and we'll have, and it just didn't really turn into all that. Then we get 4G, we get 4G LTE, then we get 5G, and the standards are developed already for 6G. And we'll eventually be talking about 6G. But there's more to investing than just talking tech or investing in tech. You need, it's like you need some vegetables. You can't have that super hot, spicy buffalo wing sauce that's like, woo! And nothing else. You need kind of something to balance it. So when it comes to talking about money, so we talk about 401ks on the show. The best way to save for retirement, in my opinion, is max out your 401k or your 403b. Then you can get to some fine points on that and say, well, you match out, max out the matching and then maybe start a Roth, depending on your tax consequences. 
or your tax scenarios, your expectations, what portfolios you have, how comfortable you are with the risk. You get the idea. But I like talking some financial planning. Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years from now? I like retirement planning. What do you want to do when you're no longer making money? How much can you spend? How much will you earn? Then I think it's important to have some structure around your investment management, some basic rules and ideas. I don't do a lot of trades. It is very, very rare that I go, ooh, Joe Rogan got in trouble with Spotify and Spotify stock is down grande. Seems a little bit too much, seems excessive. Maybe after four or five days of selling because of Joe, I can get in and get out. I very, very, very rarely do that. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that I don't have the ability to. I don't need to. I don't take on that extra risk. Like, what happens if Joe Rogan loses his mind and says he's going to quit podcasting altogether? And then, you know, Spotify goes down further. I don't play the games of, that's not a reason to buy a stock for me, Joe Rogan. I'd rather there be a sound financial company and then say, yeah, yeah. Now I'll say this about Spotify. They are getting closer and closer to profitability. But in a stock market that doesn't like companies losing, and then you get a Joe Rogan cut, it's like, it's not, I don't trade. So I like talking about financial planning, retirement planning, investment management, tax strategies a little bit, estate planning, insurance planning, you name it, we'll talk about it. Now, that's where I want to get you to go. Now, you're going to have to choose some vehicles in your lifetime. Obviously, your 401k with your, your company, I have no control over. Some of them used to be awful that I would see, but most of them have gotten better and better as the industry has figured out how to automate, as the industry has figured out how to copy each other, as the average consumers become a little bit more educated and they know that a, a mutual fund's charging 5% is heinous versus a mutual fund or an ETF charging less than one-third of 1%. Why play 5% when you can pay one-third of 1%? One area that's relatively new, but it's really not, is fintech. Financial technology. It has been added to the Merriam-Webster Merriam Dictionary. Thank you. Some one is a little tougher to get started than others, right? But it's been a term around the financial world since the 70s. And now in 20. 18, it's added to the dictionary because it means something. It's become ubiquitous. It's become the standard that we talk about when merging of technologies with financial products. You might think of a robo-advisor, an attempt to automate financial planning services where you get a Smith Barney in an app. You get a Goldman Sachs in an app. You get a Bank of America in an app, and it's called a robo-advisor. I'm fine with fintech, but I want you to know at some point in time, a robo-advisor is not enough. At this point in time, it's fine for wealth accumulation. But you're also being pretty inane if you think by answering five questions that it's going to slot you into the perfect risk profile and have the perfect investments for you. What it's going to do is probably be a little on the conservative side, which is fine, but it doesn't know you. It doesn't know the Biden administration or the Trump administration. It doesn't know inflation or deflation. 
not as well. My experience with fintechs like Acorns and Robinhood and things like Betterment, which are, they're all great on some levels, but they all have big limitations. You are an individual who will have a financial plan. You are an individual that needs an estate planning done. How does a fintech app tell you about your children? Which one's good with money? Which one's bad with money? Which one has a tendency for a drug problem? Well, I guess maybe it can scan your your bank accounts, right? Maybe down the road, your robo-advisor will be able to tell you what's better for your kids than you can. But robo-advisors don't do a lot of tax planning or insurance planning or investment management, retirement planning. They're very good at getting you automated and online. I use an app called Acorns. I'm really fine with it. Um, my spouse, my sugar booger, my love, she likes to spend money. There's probably a pair of shoes coming from Coach that's going to be delivered to my front door in the next 24 hours, right? And as a husband, you can go, oh, my wife's spending my money. Bark, 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 bark. Oh, bark, 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 bark. But what I did was I said, okay, just put it on the credit card. And then I take that credit card and acorns say the shoes are $100 and 25 cents. It rounds it up to 101. So I take 75 cents and invest it. So even when she's shopping now, I'm like, well, we're still at least investing a little bit. But it adds up. And typically on purchases under under $100, you're throwing in 1% of whatever she just spent into a retirement account. So with mine, what I do is if it's 75, if it's 25 cent, uh, if it's $25 and 25 cents, it's 75 cents goes to my retirement, right? But you could actually double that or triple that and it'll just round it up. And I love that. I think that's kind of cool. It's a nice, simple, easy way to save, but it has a lot of limitations about where I am in my life and what I want to do with my life. I like acorns, get it. It's fine. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Yesterday, I made a mistake when the CPI number came out at 7.5%. I didn't pound on it. I didn't glaze over it, but I remember being a small child back in the 1980s when last time was we saw a number that high. And I was in high school. And I remember hearing on the news that inflation was this and this and this and Tom Brokaw. And I didn't care. I was in high school. It didn't dawn on me like, dang, that's stressful. Seven half percent inflation. And then later in the day, I was like, why didn't I pound on that more? Because that's not stuff that rolls back. The cost of a new car. Do I ever think a new car is going to be cheaper in my lifetime? No. Is there every now and then a businessman is like, I'm going to make electric vehicles free. No. So I, I, I wanted to come on the show this morning. I was, I was working on an idea last night and the idea was never more. Oh, I got to be honest. When I see a number that's just caustic and bad, I have to like pound on it. Even though I know it's bad radio, even though I know that the 20 year old kids are like, I wonder what I'm going to be doing for the, uh, Valentine's this year. I wonder if I should get like, uh, a room. I'm like, okay, I understand that short term, you're focused there. 
And inflation is not sexy in any way, shape, or form. It, it's the opposite of sexy. It's vacuous. And I was like, never more, never more. So and then I was like, oh, I know what I could do tomorrow. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping. That's right. So I used the idea that nevermore, are we ever going to see inflation go down? Never again. Nevermore. Doesn't happen. Does the cost of candy go down? Nope. It can get smaller and be the same price, or otherwise it's going up in prices. Does Hershey bar, does Coca-Cola, does a new car. Um, technology is smaller, cheaper, faster. But what's interesting, I just bought this year the most expensive desktop I've ever bought in my life. I tend to build my own desktop. So I just built the most expensive desktop in my life is the right way of saying that. Um, even though a smaller, cheaper, faster should be there, the components are getting trickier. So The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe is an amazing poem. And I wanted to talk about the narrative of how I failed yesterday by not talking about inflation and not pounding it home. But what I'm going to tell you this weekend, read a poem. That is my gift to you for valentine's day is find a poem uh, a love poem e.e e. cummings and read it to your loved one this weekend read the raven the raven is an amazing poem it's very melodramatic it explores death it explores walks of life it it, it explores Fights that you can't ignore in your life. The fight of control over emotions and grief of loss. Who is Lenore? Quotes the raven. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me. Filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now it's still the beating of my heart. I stood repeating to some visitor entering entrance into my chamber. Some late visitor entreating entrance into my chamber door. That is it and never more. And you're like, Whoa. It is a poem that is all about death. It uses repetition to emphasize the mysterious knocking. He looks into darkness. Do you look into darkness? What do you feel about death? What do you feel about life? What do you feel about afterlife? And then here's one for my, um, my young lovers out there this weekend. Read the poem by E.E. E. Cummings, and you can cheat. You can type in E.E. E. Cummings, and uh, may I feel, said he. Very, very sexy poem for Valentine's Day. And E. Cummings was an American poet who, um, and this is what I did in my childhood. I read and it stuck with me forever and ever. And here's your sexy, you know, you can get flowers. You're an idiot. They're going to be dead in three days. The cost of stems goes up every year. And this year, they're going to be even higher with inflation due to the fact that we don't really grow roses in the United States. We get them from South America. Uh, Norway is not growing roses this year because they use gas, natural gas to heat the greenhouses to grow the roses and natural gas is so expensive this year. So you're going to pay more for anything you get this year. But back to E.E. E. Cummings, this is free and it's cheap and your, your partner in life will, will love you for it. So here's a little E.E. E. Cummings. May I feel, said he, I'll squeal, said she, just once, said he, it's fun, said she. Okay. Your love is going to be looking at you like, what, what are you, did you take a gummy? Are you on an edible right now? And E. Cummings goes on. May I touch? Said he. How much? Said she. A lot. Said he. Why not? Said she. 
Let's go, said he. Not too far, said she. What's too far, said he. Where you are, said she. May I stay, said he. Which way, said she. Like this, said he. If you kiss, said he. May I move, said he. Is it love, said she. If you're willing, said he. But you're killing, said she. And it goes on and on and on. It is a very sexy poem, and you could accomplish that. It's E.E. Cummings. I know. I know. I'm going to get letters of, I'm never listening to you again, Rob Black. And it's fair. Totally fair. Let's go back to the stock market. That whole point was I messed up yesterday and I didn't talk about inflation. And I was like, I got to talk when it's ugly. I never more will I keep my mouth shut. Quote the Raven. <laughs> I know you're saying, how did you get never more talking about inflation to talking about the Raven? I don't know. It's how my head puts stories together. Um, January CPI report. It rang the double it was fascinating listening to Bloomberg yesterday. I drive 30 minutes a day when I do, I listen to Bloomberg. And the guests were all like, oh, I think the Fed's going to raise interest rates 50 basis points in March, or they need to do it day. Everyone's freaked out. When will the Fred, Fed raise interest rates? Get it over. One person said they should raise 100 basis points and say we're done for the year. And I agree. I think action's better than inaction at this point in time. May I feel, said he. No, said she. There hasn't been much to complain about this week as far as the price action goes, unless you're trying to short the market. The Russell 2000 is up 4.1%. The SP 500 is up 3.8%. The NASDAQ composite is up 2.8%. That was the story yesterday. Then the CPI numbers comes out and we're like, oh, that's a little bit on the shocking side. And the markets took a, a dump yesterday. They just fell apart. Flat open today. Treasury market calms down. Yesterday, we saw the 10-year treasury hit 2%. So you come in today thinking about backdraft. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the markets were lovely. Thursday was horrific. Thursday turned into a tough day after starting out okay. St. Louis Fed Chairman, President Bullard, was talking tough about the needing to raise the interest rate policy up to 100 points, 100 basis points by July 1st. And he thinks there'll be a sensible 50 basis point increase along the way. So the Federal Reserve is saying, hey, there's going to be four hikes. Typically, we call a hike 25 basis points. And he's out there talking. What is he talking about? He's talking about an idea. The Federal Reserve is going to listen to how the market reacts. The Federal Reserve is going to listen to how politicians react. It's a trial balloon. But 2022 looks like a year where we're going to see interest rates march higher to fight inflation. Never more, quote the Raven, never more. Um, Goldman Sachs is calling for seven rate hikes this year. Originally, we were talking about two. Two to three months ago, we were saying two for 2022. Now we're assuming four and we're seeing as high as seven. It's going to be an interesting year. It's not going to be an easy Instant gratification market, in my opinion. Now, again, could it surprise me? It could. Always surprises out there. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. So the difference between yesterday and today was yesterday we came into the markets thinking things are okay. Look at the stock market performance. We've bounced off the correction levels. And then by the end of yesterday, we're like, inflation is the worst thing ever. It's going to drag me to the grave. 
It's like a zombie coming up from the ground and catching her ankle in a graveyard. Uh Uh-oh. Go on without her. She's going to be eaten in a couple seconds. That's what inflation did yesterday. Worse since 1982. We started thinking about it and we're like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of rollbacks of of inflation. So my retirement plan just went way up. If I thought I was at a million a few years ago, then I get married. I'm like, oh, it should be 2 million. Then I get kids and I'm like, oh, it should be 4 million. I'm probably now assuming that because those costs of 7.5% typically stay around, we tend not to say, oh, chicken sandwich is going to go from $12 to 15, 15 to 18, 18 to 20, 20 back down to 10. Sweet. So if I plan to live 40 years in retirement and everything's going to be 7.5% more expensive during those 40 years, it's not quite like that. Because keep in mind, I have income that grows. I have stock market assets that grow but the world got a lot more expensive and it's got me a little flipped out to be quite honest with you. Sean White told a great story of when he was 10 years old, that he ordered a snowboard and on Monday it didn't come. He comes home from school and he said, mom is here. And he goes, Nope. On Tuesday he comes home. Mom is here. Mom is here. Mom is here. And she goes, Nope. Wednesday, mom is here. Mom is here. Nope. So he's disappointed every day. He goes back to school. Thursday he comes. Mom is here. Is it here? Is it here? Nope. And on Friday, she busts into his fifth grade class with the snowboard over her head and gives it to him. That's the only thing I'm getting out of the Olympics this year. That's my big tell. That's my bowl. Everything, like, life has just changed. I'm like, he told a fierce mama story. Movie Pass is set to relaunch this summer. Oh, boy. Do you remember Movie Pass? It was the greatest invention ever, and then it wasn't. It was a, an app where you can buy a subscription and get unlimited movies in a movie theater for $9.95 a month. I know people who used it, and they would basically give you a, a debit card, and that debit card would be used at the point of sale for the movie company, and it would only work at that movie company, and you got reimbursed, or something like that happened. You didn't get reimbursed. It was... It was It was a disaster because people would go to 10 movies, 15 movies. They would use it for the total flexibility that it had. Um, I had a friend who was single and she was like, yeah, I went to the movies. I went to the same movie with two or three different guys. (laughs) And she kept using her movie pass. And I'm like, I don't understand the point of that story. Well, she's like, well, because I could. I'm like, I still don't understand it. But eventually the company goes bankrupt because it's just an unsustainable business model. The movie theaters are, they're getting a cut. Uh, they're discounting some of it back to movie pass, but it just mathematically was never going to work out. It was too good to be true. <clears throat> so he goes into bankruptcy. Someone bought the idea from the company of bankruptcy and movie pass is going to be coming back this year. What's interesting about that is this is probably the year that movie chains need it. Let's stop and think about it right there. Three or four years ago, the movie theaters didn't need it. We were going to movies. There was no pandemic. We weren't afraid to. And then in all the wisdom of the world, movie theaters became a place where you can get COVID. And we said, probably not a good idea. A great idea now would be to consider a movie pass. And the theaters need to work with the company on this one if they want to get people going back. Um, CFP Chad Burton has a hundred inch TV. It's the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen in the world. It's huge. Back in the eighties, we were, we bought speakers that big. 
And I'm like, is that TV taller than you? <laughs> like, I'm just being a jerk, right? Um, back in the 80s, I, I bought speakers that the joke was you, they're so big, you could be buried in them. Like, I'm just rehashing jokes, right? But we have a movie theater in our house now. Movie companies really need to think twice. Like, I get IMAX is bigger than the Chad's 100-incher. I get it. But we don't like the experience. Have we all been in movie theater twi- uh, twice in our lifetime where there's just someone totally obnoxious? Maybe a teenager. <laughs> my favorite movie theater experience was I was on a date in my 20s and she got one of those big, massive Cokes or big, massive sodas. And so it's like 64 ounces and she goes to take a sip of it and she drops it all over herself and it just crashes to the floor. I want to go to the movies again. Those are great memories. Everyone in the theater heard her basically soak herself. But I want a reason to go to the movie theaters. Family of four, it's $100. It's crazy. So they either need to figure out pricing a little bit more effective to get people back like me or a movie pass to get people back like me. My kids are entering their teenage years. Do you know what kids like to do on Friday night when they're teenagers? See any freaking movie they can see. They can see the dumbest movie as long as they're getting away from mom and dad and hanging out with their friends. Horror movies rock the teenage years. Movie Pass would be a great value for my family. As they hit, you see what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm digressing. A um, couple things four ways to upgrade your retirement plan and overall financial health. Max out your tax advantage accounts. It's still early, you're not retired yet. Um, if you can save on paying taxes, it's a great idea. Your 401k, your Roth IRAs, they're, they're ways to play your future income. And I want you to put as much money as you can in early. And that's why I recommend things like Acorns because you're throwing in a little extra money. What I do with all my credit card points is I invest it. So at the every three to four months, if I've accrued $1,000 in cash I just write a check for $1,000 and send it to my bank, uh, send it to my retirement account. So anytime I'm getting two, three, four, 5% off on a credit card, it goes instantly into my savings, my investments. Same thing with Acorns. Like I'm always finding another way to get another, another little bit of money saved for retirement. Um, Piece of good investment advice that was given to me years ago. If you're struggling with retirement issues. Take a look at your portfolio. And if you've got a lot of stocks in it and many of them are losers, you're not, you're not a good stock picker. And this is the area where I wish I was only on a podcast because I would like to use the, the F-bomb. Wake the freaking frack up. You're not good at stocks. If someone sent me their portfolio last year, it was like, hey, look at this. I'm up 12.5% this year. I'm like, that's funny because the market's up 18%. You should sell your stocks and buy indexes. And I think I shocked them. He's like, I was kind of proud of that. I'm like, you could have bought indexes and done better. And then probably read poetry to your spouse and have a good love and weekend. Don't make a baby unless you want to make a baby. So poetry goes places. Um, cash is great. Um, it's something that a lot of people don't think about. They're like, I got to invest all my money. I got to spend all my money. If you could learn to look at cash as an asset, Maybe it's 3%, maybe it's $10,000, maybe. I'm not sure what the number or percentage is to you, but cash is not trash. 
it gives you options. It doesn't get great returns. I get it. You want the better returns. Anyhow, I think I shocked the guy when I said, you're not a good stock picker. Stop it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.